everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It is January 19th. It's 2022. We have 13 NBA games to talk about here on today's slate, and I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Uh, not too much. It was a nice, barely a work day today because there was only two games, but now we got a big old slate here. Big slate for sure. Um, a lot to talk about, a lot of injuries, a lot of question marks. So lots going to change again. This is a first look. Um, I mean, our thoughts on the slate probably change before it pops up and is ready to roll. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's jump right in. Uh, I mean, 13 games going to be a long one anyway, so might as well jump in here. We start with Brooklyn at Washington, 230 total here. The Nets, a one point favorite. Bembry is questionable. Durant is out. Joe Harris and Paul Millsap out as well. Claxton out as well. On the Washington side of things, they're pretty much good to go. Um, they're they're very healthy right now. So starting here with Brooklyn, no Durant means Kyrie and Harden, obviously. Um, maybe even a bump, bump to a guy like Mills. What are your thoughts on the Nets? Yeah, I'm mostly interested in Kyrie. I mean, Hart's in there, 11.6K. It seems like a little bit too high of a price tag. Um, it's fine. He's still one of the better spin-ups in the slate. Still should push for 40 minutes if this game stays close. End up with 50, but I'd rather go with Kyrie, who I think is just a better overall play. I mean, we'll see where our ownership ends up lying. But when I mean, we saw what he did in the last game, putting up 51 points um, going up against Cleveland. And... 9.3K is probably not high enough of a price tag increase. Outside of that, I mean, without... Without Durant, um, like LMA, I don't know if he's going to be playing a full allotment of minutes again, probably sticking the low 20s after coming back from that little absence. So I don't know if I really want to use him. Mills at 4,900, this is a big enough slate where I'll probably end up avoiding him. It's kind of just not really a whole lot to like outside of Kyrie. Yeah, I really like Kyrie. And, I mean, in tournaments, I definitely don't mind taking a shot on someone like Patty Mills. Um, in this game, he should get 30 minutes. Um, I mean, Kessler Edwards with Duran out at 4,300 probably plays over 30 minutes. So, I mean, those guys are, are interesting here. Um, this game is on the road, so I don't think you want to really go with Cameron Thomas with Kyrie playing. So, um, Washington side of things, I mean, Bradley Beal came back, played 33 minutes, got his full allotment of minutes. But Kuzma and Dinwiddie, they're kind of priced up right now. Um, anything standing out to you for Washington? I mean, honestly, I was worried about Kuzma's assist or rebounding rate with Harrell coming back, but he's kind of just doing everything. He's been putting up solid outing after solid outing. 7800 is a big price tag. I probably wouldn't look at it unless they were facing someone like the Nets, which they are. So a fast pace, good matchup overall here. It's good rebounding matchup for him, especially without KD in there. I think Kuzma's the only one I would really look at. Beal with everyone in there, just kind of ignoring him with Dinwiddie back. Dinwiddie with everyone else in there is not really a good play. He's probably priced where he should be at 6,500. With all the centers, with Bryant, with Gafford, with Harrell, staying away from them. Caldwell Pope gets a massive downgrade without with Beal in there. So Kuzma's the only one I would look at. All right, moving on. We got Orlando at Philadelphia, 211 and a half total here. The 76ers are a 12-point favorite. On the Magic side of things, Wendell Carter Jr. is questionable. 
Michael Carter Williams, Fultz, Isaac, and Moore remain out. On the 76ers side of things, Green, Milton, and Simmons, and Tybal are out. Um, starting here with the Magic, anything standing out to you for Orlando? I mean, if Wendell Carter Jr. plays, I think that I'm less interested. But um, if he ends up missing, then I think Mobamba is interesting at 5.3K. Okiki maybe gets a little bit of an upgrade here. Um, Franz Wagner is a little bit too cheap at 5,500, but on this big of a slate, I think you're better off going with other places, but he might be worth a little bit of a tournament flyer. Cole Anthony, I just hasn't been getting it done recently, but he's been involved in quite a few blowouts. He hasn't had over 30 minutes in any of these blowouts. And with Suggs back, it kind of eats into his production. So, I mean, if you're taking tournament shots, Anthony, Wagner, Bamba are all fine, but that, that's kind of about as far as I go. And Bamba's strictly if Carter ends up missing. Yeah, I mean, I don't love Orlando. I feel like they're pretty healthy for the most part at this point. If Wendell Carter plays, don't mind him, but don't love him. If Wendell Carter sits, I mean, Mo Bamba's minutes scare me a little bit, but tournament ceiling-wise, um, if he did get an increase in minutes, he definitely has the ceiling to have a big slate. Um, don't mind Okiki at 4,400. I think there's just going to be better value plays today. And then on the Philadelphia side, if this game potentially stayed close, I could see Embiid having a big game, but I worry about it staying close. Um, I could see Tobias having a solid game, but overall I don't love Philly in this game either. The spread, a, a big 13-game slate, it's just not one of my favorite games on this one. Yeah, I mean, Embiid, I'd think about playing if I'm bringing it back with like Bamba and Cole Anthony. But I mean, he's been putting up points recently. The last game didn't stay close. And he only ended up with 43. If he's not going to get his full allotment of minutes, it's kind of a problem because he is getting points, but he's priced up so much that he's not getting enough peripheral stats to really get it done. I mean, Orlando's bad. He could get some extra ones there, but realistically i'm only using him in a bring back spot harris at 6700 seems like it's a little cheap but not really a guy i want to go with in the potential blowout spot here and he's not really giving you a huge amount of upside maxi's been a little bit up and down um but 6200 i think you is fine in a game stack but a guy that i'm avoiding like there's a lot of guys a lot of games to avoid on the slate because it's absolutely massive so you have to kind of Think about it a little bit differently than a normal six or seven or eight game slate. All right, we're cruising here. We got Charlotte at Boston, 221 total here. Boston is a five-point favorite on the Charlotte side of things. I mean, Ubre is questionable. And then on the Celtic side of things, um, Neesmith and Smart are both questionable. So, I mean, starting on the Charlotte side of things, is there anything standing out to you for the Hornets? Yeah, it's kind of interesting with Lamella missing the last game after saying they was going to be active. Um, everyone ended up playing a whole lot of minutes. Bridges had a big uptick in usage, so I think a lot of people might try and uh, chase this, but this is not a good spot going up against Boston. Lamello should end up playing here. Don't go after Cody Martin because it's 46-minute outing the other night because that was strictly because they only ran an eight-man rotation, I think, for 90% of the game, and Cody Martin just ended up playing a ton. Um so I don't really want anything because it's a tough match versus Boston. I don't think it's going to be a terribly high scoring. The only thing that I would do is potentially bring back Rogier, Bridges, or Ball 
in a game stack. I think they are all fine plays, but they're not good plays on the slate by any means. I like the Boston side of this game a lot more. Uh, I mean, no brainer. Facing right? Charlotte. So Anyone facing sense. Charlotte. Um, <laughs> so I mean, like if I start running like two Boston players, maybe I'll run it back with like a Rozier or a Mellow Ball. Um, but I mean, looking at the Boston side, I I don't love the idea of paying ninety four hundred for Tatum, but I think he's going to be low owned, and I think this is a matchup that. I mean, he has 60-plus point upside. Yeah, I think him or Brown kind of have 60-point upside here. I mean, it's going up against Charlotte. I don't generally play Tatum and Brown when both of them are in the game. It's so tough trying to figure out which one of them to end up going with, but in this spot, it's just far too good. I mean, Charlotte's just so bad defensively and plays at such a high pace. I know they've been a little bit better recently, which should keep this game pretty close here, even in Boston. But it's just such a good matchup. Brown or Tatum are probably going to end up going off. I don't like Schroeder that much generally, but there's a matchup versus Charlotte. If Marcus Smart ends up getting ruled out again, Schroeder's coming off of a game where put up 47 points and 37-1 before. They should run him out for a lot of minutes. And in a high-paced matchup, he can end up absolutely crushing here. So if Smart ends up playing, I have a little bit of interest in him, but I'm guessing he'll probably be on pretty – pretty low minutes limit because this will be his first game back. You never really know how much COVID affects any given guy. So he could be a little bit slow coming back. And I would guess that he's probably not going to go over 25 minutes. So realistically true. If smart is out Tatum and Brown, I like regardless, they're fantastic plays probably don't play both. They could statistically go off for a big game, but I wouldn't really advocate for playing both of them in a game stack. I really like Boston in this spot, um, just overall. Um, I, I think this is a spot that real, Robert Williams could have a big game, too. I mean, it's Charlotte. I never get him right. I've never gotten him right once, and it's infuriating. So Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at 7,100, though, if he got 35 minutes in this game against Charlotte, he could put up 50. And... I mean, he just played 35 minutes against Chicago. If we expect this game to stay competitive, I, I think Robert Williams is an interesting tournament play, at least at the bare minimum. Uh, Minnesota at Atlanta. Back-to-back for Minnesota, so we'll be waiting on an injury report for them. 233 total. The Hawks, uh, two-point favorites. Um, bad taste in my mouth about Carl Anthony Towns from yesterday's games. On the Atlanta side, Bogdanovich and Capella are both out. Um, so starting with Minnesota, second end of a back-to-back. Like I said, Towns, I mean, ownership-wise, got him super right yesterday. <laughs> Just absolute dud. What a dud. Dud game. Yep. Yeah, no, he, he did not do great at all. I think he – I bet his over on points and he ended up with three away from it, which surprised with how bad he was playing. Second of a back-to-back, you wait and see if anyone's going to end up missing. I mean, if anyone ends up sitting of the main three on the second of a back-to-back, the other ones are far too cheap. Um, outside of that, I mean, I think you could potentially still take a shot on Towns. I mean, he's going up against Atlanta. Gorgie Dang and Kongwu are both going to end up playing a lot of minutes. I don't think either of them are great defensively, so he could end up with a pretty massive outing in this spot, even on the second end of a back-to-back. Edwards at 7,800, probably priced where he should be. Same thing with Russell at 7,600. Vanderbilt, I mean, 5,800 on this big of a slate is not really a guy I want to go with. 
Patty Mill or Pat Bev had a pretty decent game last night. Um, I think he's fine, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up sitting on the second end of back to back. Like it's it's really just towns for me if everyone ends up playing. Yeah, and then I mean on the Atlanta side of things, John Collins seven K with no Capella, no Bogdanovich. Um, good matchup going up against Minnesota. Definitely like him. Um, a Kongwu forty six hundred should play really solid minutes. Uh, I think he's going to grade out to be one of the better value plays on this slate and then Gallinari is 4,200 and with no Bogdanovich, he should play around 30 minutes in this game. What are your thoughts here on the Hawks? Yeah, it's mostly Gallinari just as a cheap guy. A Kongwu should end up playing mid thirties minutes in this spot here. I wouldn't be surprised if he was in there for the majority of the game Collins. I don't know if they'll end up playing him any of the five, but I mean, without Capella there, there's a big increase in his rebounding rate. Should be more heavily involved in the offense. Trey Young um, is fine in 9.8K. There's like six other spend-ups that I'd rather have. So strictly in a game stack would probably be the only spot I end up using him at this price tag. Herter without Bogdanovich. I mean, he's always a guy that is a little cheap coming off a pretty good game going up against Milwaukee. I don't hate it, but I also don't think he's going to end up with eight rebounds and three stocks in any given game. So it's kind of an inflated... um, output for him herder would probably be more interesting to me i think i think he's probably got a little bit more upside for his price tag of 5200 all right we got portland at miami 215 and a half total here miami is a nine point favorite on the portland side of things uh dame is still out larry nance is out pal is doubtful and zeller is still out on the Miami side, Lowry's out. Markeith Morris is out. Victor Oladipo is still out. Um, so talk to me here about Portland. I mean, when Colin played 28 minutes the other night, I think that he probably would have played low 30s had it not been a bit of a blowout. I think he's an interesting guy, even in a tough matchup going up against Miami. Um, that's more so if Powell ends up not playing in this spot here, which it doesn't look like he's going to. Um, without Powell, I think you could take a shot on Little. His price tag is a little bit elevated due to all the time without McCollum and without Lillard. But still, in the last game, he put up 36 points. He's got a little bit of upside at the 5.7K price tag. Simons with McCollum in there, not worth the price tag of 7,400. We'll, we'll wait for it to drop down a little bit. Nurk is fine. He's not great. Matchup versus Bam is probably not fantastic, but he is coming off a 62-point game. Granted, it was against Orlando. But the real guy I kind of have interest in is McCollum. His price tag seems a little bit too cheap here. Yeah, I mean, McCollum, I feel like, is the ceiling guy, and it's all about minutes. And the fact that he played 28 minutes the other night, I think we see an increase in minutes in this game. So I don't mind him. I don't mind maybe like Covington on if he's cheap. I think on DraftKings, he's priced pretty close to where he should be. Uh, Nasir Little is someone that I don't mind, you know, tournament shots on. On the Miami side, I mean, Bam and Butler, right? Bam played 32 minutes in his return after missing almost two months. Um, so I'm not worried about his minutes whatsoever. Uh, Yurt Seven still got 24 minutes the other night, but I think we're going to start to see those minutes potentially drop. And then, I mean, Jimmy Butler is going to play as many minutes as he can handle like every night. 
Yeah, Butler is the main guy that I'm looking at. Even with Bam back there, 9.1K, probably a little bit too cheap of a price tag for a guy that was at 10K not too long ago. Bam, like 32 minutes is pretty solid. I think he's a fine tournament play. Not great, not terrible. Just kind of there. You're at seven, obviously, out of the rotation. Tyler Hero's price tag still a little bit too elevated for me at 7,300. Not really a guy that I want to go with. Even without Lowry in there, he's not a great play. Um, yeah, Vincent, I guess is fine at 4,500. I think there's going to be more value opening up on this slate and there's already a decent amount of value on this slate. So if nothing else opens up, he's definitely a guy that's in the player pool. But if other things open up, there's a decent chance that he just gets crossed off the list. All right. We're, we're cruising, Grant. We're cruising. We got, we Cleveland. have to, we don't want to be here for two hours breaking down this massive <laughs> pod. Cleveland at Chicago, 218 and a half total. The Cavs are a one point favorite in this one. Starting with a Cleveland injury report here uh, Rondo, Rubio, Sexton, Stevens out. And then on the Bulls side, Lonzo Ball out. Green, Jones Jr., Levine, and Williams out. Um, so we'll get to that in a second, but let's start here with uh, Cleveland. What are your thoughts here on the Cavs? It's really just Garland. I mean, Mobley, Allen, Markinen, Love, all those big guys are just not putting up in big enough outings. There's too many mouths to feed, too many big minutes to go around. I mean, Love can get hot at any given time, but his minutes are staying in the low 20s. Who knows if that'll stay during the playoffs, but they just have so many big bodies that it's not really not really a great idea to play him for a ton of minutes when they're most likely going to make the playoffs regardless. Um, Garland's really just like he's been playing fantastic recently. He's been putting up double doubles, sometimes triple doubles every single night. The assist numbers are through the roof. He's been scoring. He's been doing everything. I've been hitting his over on assists and over on points pretty consistently and just keeps hitting every single night like he's good this is a good spot here without Lonzo in there it's probably an easier defensive matchup 9k is not expensive enough even though we're used to seeing him in the sevens he is just far too cheap at 9,000 and everyone else is kind of just unplayable with everyone here yeah I mean you you never know what you're gonna get from like Mobley but I think if you're going to play one of the big guys, it's probably Allen, but his price is kind of right where it should be. Um, I think Garland is super interesting in this spot from a ceiling perspective. Um, never hate playing Kevin Love. I just wish he was a little bit cheaper. And then on the Chicago side of things, I mean, talk to me here about the Bulls. No Levine, no ball. Um, is this where we're playing DeRozan and maybe Vooch? Yeah, I mean, DeRozan definitely. Um, like, Vooch could end up having some problems going up against the likes of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Um, I think that they're going to probably give him a little bit of trouble here. I know he's coming off a game where he shot two for 13, and the usage is still there. So I'm not fully against it. I just drastically prefer DeRozan this spot. I mean, whenever Levine's not in there, he just has usage through the roof. And he started off just terrible last game. First half, I think he had – a total of like three real life points. And then he went off in the second half, which is what I expect out of him. And if that game would have stayed a little bit closer, he might've gotten um, to his points over, which I bet and lost, unfortunately. Um, outside of that, I mean, Cody White is probably priced where he should be at 6,500. 
Like, I don't really have interest in any of these other guys. Yeah, I mean, Dasumo, Don Sumo. He's not terrible, but I mean, again, I mean, a guy I'd be looking and... at on a smaller slate. This is a massive one. I know he's put up big numbers in each of the last two, but he got six stocks in the last one. And outside of that, he hasn't really had more than two or three in most of them. So it was a little bit of an inflated number. He also is not going to get 10 boards consistently. Yeah, but I do think with Ball and Levine out, the minutes are there for him. So if you are on a cheaper, if he is cheaper on a different site, him and Kobe white, you got to price shop them. I don't have Fanduel and Yahoo pricing up in front of me. Um, even prop shop them prop shop them. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'll probably bet in some overs on them tomorrow. Memphis at Milwaukee, two twenty-five and a half total here. Bucks four and a half point favorites. Uh, looking at Memphis first, Anderson, Bain, Brooks, uh, out and then on the Milwaukee side, Drew is questionable. Brook Lopez still out. Um, Memphis, no Bain, no Kyle Anderson, no Dylan Brooks. Uh, talk to me here about this team. It's just sad, sad watching this game without Bain. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna do. Uh, Morant's a fantastic play, even in a kind of tougher matchup going up against Milwaukee with the honest in there, potentially guarding a bit in the paint. Morant's still gonna have a huge increase in usage without Bain in that game. Um, and without Brooks, other guys probably going to get a little bit of an increase in playing time. I wouldn't be surprised if they ran out Tyus with jaw on the floor, a decent amount here. Tyus Jones sitting at 3,900 could end up as a pretty decent value on this. Milton should see an increase in minutes, 3,700. He's probably a value guy that you want to look into. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. Wait to see where his ownership ends up lying. He's always a guy that can be either really hit or really miss and Foul trouble generally has a lot to do with that, although he's stayed out of it for the most part recently. Still only having mints in the 20s a lot of times just because of the way the rotation is going. But I wouldn't be surprised if he got an increase in mints. Just he's not a guy you ever want to play when he's chalky. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're mostly just looking at the guards without Bain in there and without Brooks and without Kyle Anderson. All of them should be a decent in- increase in um, playing time, even – Concher and uh, what's his name? I can't remember. Zaire Williams. Um, both of them could see an increase in playing time, and both of them are super cheap if you need some salary savers. Yeah, you just like you really wish like Brandon Clark would just get extra minutes, but I mean, tournament wise, John Moran is always someone that I love playing because he always comes in at low ownership. He hasn't had a big game here recently, um, so I definitely don't mind looking at him in tournaments. Um, Outside of that, just kind of trying to look at projections for, you know, potentially trying to figure out some of these minutes is something that I'll definitely look at. Um, I'm really interested to see where the projection team has, like, do we think Contra plays more than 23, 20, 20 minutes type thing? So I'll be looking at that for sure. Is this a game that we play Clark because they might need, like, his size? Who knows? Um, so... Milwaukee side, I mean, if you think this game's going to stay close, Giannis is always someone that has the ceiling. But, I mean, I hate playing anybody from the Bucks, especially at these prices. Yeah, it is a little bit interesting. If I'm going with anyone, I'm probably going with Middleton. Um, without Brooks in there and without Bain, they're two fantastic defenders that would probably be put on Middleton. It's going to be, I don't know, Melton maybe. Um, 
and even though Kyle Anderson, like all three of the guys that they would use to guard Middleton are all going to be out of the game. So at 8.8K, I know it's a big price tag, and he's not really a guy that generally has a massive ceiling, although he's put up 50 points in three of the last five games. I think one or two of those without Giannis, and two of those were against Charlotte. Um, but I think Middleton could put up a pretty big outing here. Memphis has been great defensively over the last month, month and a half. And while Jackson and Adams both being in there is definitely a pretty solid big men, um, their guards are not good defensively at this point without Bain, without Brooks in there. So I probably mostly focus on Middleton. Um, and that's assuming holiday does not end up coming back. Um, if he ends up coming back, then I'm kind of just out on everyone. I think I agree with you. I just, I mean, there's just nothing to really like on the bucks. Most nights Giannis in close games. I mean, unless one of the big, Unless oh yeah well yeah well if news changes yeah I mean yeah that's a no brainer Um, Toronto at Dallas two hundred six and a half total here Mavericks a three and a half point favorite Um, talk to me here about Toronto I guess injury reports Um, Uh, yeah Birch is out Bong is out Drogic's out Gary Trent Jr is questionable. And then Maxi and Bullock are questionable for Dallas. So I entirely forgot that Drogic plays for the Raptors. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it has been. Um, when was his yeah. last game? Like it was... I think mid October. I want to say. Let's he had a see. game in November, but has uh, one been. game in November. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. Oh well. Um, they've still got plenty of guys to to play here. Uh, Siakam's the main guy for me. Um, Siakam has been absolutely fantastic. His assist rate has been through the roof. Double-double in both the last two games. And he has a legit chance at a triple-double the way he's playing now. He's playing low 40s minutes. He's heavily involved in this offense. He's had over 50 in three of the last five and over 45 in all of the last five. He's been consistent because he's getting a ton of minutes and he's just He's contributing in every single area here. Matchup versus Dallas is pretty solid here for him. Um, I really like Siakam. Van Vliet, OG, Barnes, Boucher, all fine. Like, if I'm picking any of those, it's probably OG just because a little bit of the price decrease of 6,500. He has more upside than that on any given night um, just because he can start shooting just lights out and keep shooting. But Siakam is really the main guy that I want to go with. Uh, Dallas side of things, I mean, Lucas 10-8, he has, I mean, the upside to be the highest scoring player on any slate. Porzingis is 7,800. I don't necessarily hate him, but I mean, Dallas is still kind of priced like some of these people are out. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really want to play anyone. I mean, Lucas always big upside on the slate. You can look, you can check if he's going to be low single digits owned, then he's always a guy worth a flyer because his potential 70-point upside, and he's been playing pretty well recently. Porzingis, I'd probably take a shot on a slightly smaller slate, but realistically, like, he hasn't been fantastic since coming back with Luka in the offense here, so he's not really a guy that I want to roll with. Brunson, while still does a decent amount of work and plays a decent amount of minutes, with Luka and Porzingis here, his use just takes a big hit. DFS and Hardaway, they're roles in the offense are a little bit suppressed with everyone in there. So 
it's really just Luca in a tournament flyer. That's only if he's going to be super low. And otherwise I'm just full on out on the Dallas side. Yeah. I mean, ownership will definitely matter for Luca. I just, I mean, maybe Finney Smith, if Maxi sits, do we like take a, a tournament shot on like a Willie Cauley Stein? I just don't think he plays enough minutes. Yeah. Wait, is Willie Cauley Stein, did he get dropped? What was I hearing about that? Yeah, he got waived. <laughs> well, there you go. That's why it's not getting enough minutes. Um, that happened on the weekend, to my yeah. defense. I don't follow NBA on the weekends. Um, maybe Dwight Powell at 3,600 if Maxi doesn't play. But, I mean, Porzingis probably just handles yeah. more minutes. Yeah, they're not giving Powell 20, over 20. They're not. They're not. We're not We're not going to try to make something out of nothing here. We're moving on. We got the Thunder and the Spurs, 219 total. Spurs, a six-point favorite in this one. Um, on the Thunder side of things, Theo Madden is out. Isaiah Roby's out and Kendrick Williams out. Spurs, I mean, they're pretty healthy. Zach Collins is out. Trey Jones is still out. Uh, talk to me here about the Thunder. SGA um sga like he's been playing fantastic recently he's been getting a ton of fantasy points 52 41 65 49 over the last four games the shot volume has been there he's been contributing with peripheral stats here he's he's really the only one like dort and giddy are always worth a tournament try um either one of them can end up with a big night and they're only guys i would include in a game stack which i might do a little bit of but i think they're usage and everything is kind of tied to SGA. So they're not really someone I want to pair with him that often. Um, so really just SGA, like he's driving to the paint a lot. I know Pirtle being in there is probably not the best thing for him, but still not terrible. Um, so SGA is the guy that I want to play. Yeah. SGA and Giddy are really the only two guys that from time to time I'll take tournament shots on. Um, I don't hate those guys. I don't love them either. On the Spurs side of things, I mean, love playing DeJounte Murray. He's one of my favorite tournament plays every single game. Um, him and Jacopo, I, I think, would be the two options here. Derek White, 6,200. He's a little pricey. I wish he was a little bit cheaper. Keldon Johnson is 5,500. He's gotten a price increase as well. And then Vassal is 4,300. If you want to take a cheaper guy, I think he's your guy. Yeah, yeah, Vassal would probably be the cheap guy to go with, although I don't hate Keldon Johnson here. It's not a terrible matchup for him going up against OKC. He's been playing the minutes recently. The points have been there. He just hasn't got as many of the peripheral stats as he sometimes does. And if he gets hot shooting, then he can easily end up with a big night. So I don't hate him at 5,500, but, yeah, it's mostly Murray, Pirtle, kind of the same thing as every night. Murray coming off of two subpar games over the last two games. But prior to that, he was absolutely crushing for an extended period of time. Pirtle doesn't really give you a huge ceiling a lot of times, but he does put up those occasional 50-point games, and he's been in really good form over the last four. The Mants have been there. It's a good matchup versus this not great OKC front court. So I don't mind a lot of guys on San Antonio, but um, outside of Murray, most of these guys I'd end up throwing in the game stack. All right. Houston at Utah. Do we, like this is one of those games I feel like we could just skip, but really quick. Uh, I mean, Mitchell's out. <laughs> 234 and a half total. Game opened at 15. Now it's down 12. Um, on the Houston side of things, they're healthy. 
on the Utah side of things, no Donovan Mitchell, no Hassan Whiteside. Um, I mean, let's start here with Houston. Yeah, so this is 100% a stack or fade. Um, and if you're stacking it, like you can play Porter Jr., you can play Christian Wood, you can play Tate, you can play Jalen Green. All of them are fine. None of them are fantastic. Um, Wood's going to have a little bit of trouble going up against Gobert, but he can still go off any given night in 8.2K. That's not high enough considering his upside. Um, Kevin Porter Jr., like he can get hot from behind the arc here. He's been putting up 40-point games over the last two games, Grand both against Sacramento. But this Utah team's a little bit different. I think this could potentially stay close. But Houston, I'm worried about the blowout, and Utah, I'm worried about the blowout. So if I'm playing anyone, it's in a game stack, and that's it. I mean, Kevin Porter Jr.'s usage is trailing in the right direction. So I definitely don't mind taking some tournament shots on him. You know, on the Utah side of things, I mean, Clarkson and Conley, right? Like Clarkson's 5,500 with no Donovan Mitchell. Mike Conley's 6K with no Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert probably has a lot more usage in this game. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Jazz? Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's all stack or fade. Clarkson and Conley are the two main pieces that end up standing out. Like, both of them should be, see a little bit of an increase in minutes and a bit of an increase in usage or big increase in usage. I mean, Mitchell's one of the highest usage players in the league. Other guys that could end up benefiting a little bit, Gay could end up getting a little bit more run, especially with Whiteside out right now. They might end up putting him up as a big going up against Wood just because they don't really have a whole lot of big bodies here that – Fit too well. Um, Ingles, he's old, did not do well as Chalk the other night, but still a potential guy that could get an extra six to seven minutes and a few extra shots And with the fact that Mitchell's out there. All these guys that stand out as great, great plays if this game stays close. Going up against Houston, one of the fastest-paced teams, one of the worst defensive teams, but the big if is if this game stays close. So that's why I said game stack or fade. Couldn't agree more. Clippers and the Nuggets. This game has a 212 total. Nuggets, a seven point favorite. Looking at the Clippers side of things, Paul George uh, Johnson remain out. Luke Kennard questionable. Kawhi and Preston still out as well. On the Denver side of things, Dozier, Jermichael Green, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. out. Talk to me here about the Clippers. I'm just checking some of their lines really quick. Marcus Morris hasn't been playing fantastic recently, but he is a guy that consistently is taking a bunch of shots at 6,500, even the knock rate matchup going up against Denver and the fact that they've been not very good recently. He's a guy that I think could end up being his price tag pretty drastically at 6,500. I mean, you look at the last two outings, he's got 32 and 38, but prior to that, three for 14 from the field, five for 15, six for 14, really not shooting the ball well. And while this isn't a fantastic spot, he's getting the usage and can absolutely end up getting there. Reggie Jackson gets a ton of usage coming off a really good game going up against Indy. 6K, not a huge fan of it. Like if you take away that one game, he's kind of been in the high teens, mid 20s pretty much for a while. He is getting a lot of usage, but he's just not playing well. Coffee's taking a lot of the usage away, and it's interesting seeing him at 5,700. 
the shot volume has been there. The minutes have been there. I don't hate it. Like, I think that he offers a decent amount of upside, and some people may have sticker shot, considering he was in the low fours not too long ago and mid threes at one point this year. So I think that some guys might end up staying away from playing him. Um, and then Batum, if you want to chase that 49-point outing, it's not the worst idea in the world, but he's not going to shoot seven for 10 from behind the arc. Uh, Denver side here, I mean, you know, we have a ton of studs on this plate or on this slate. Um, I, I mean, Jokic is always in the conversation. Outside of him, though, I mean – Maybe Morris at 4,600, but, I mean, it's not like these guys have been playing great. Composo's minutes are kind of all over the place. He got in foul trouble against Utah the other night. Um, maybe a bounce-back spot for him. Um, I mean, Bones Highland has played over 30 minutes in back-to-back games at 3,800. Maybe we take a tournament shot on him. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Denver? Just Jokic, like. Again, this is too big of a slate to really bother with Barton, with Gordon, with Morris, with Cambazo, with Highland. Like all those guys are fine on a smaller slate, but this game I think has the potential to be a little bit of a blowout here. Um, Jokic was just the only guy that I really want to go with coming off a 72 point game going up against Utah. He's been playing fantastic. Gordon in their starting lineup kind of ate into his rebounds a little bit, but he's still getting it done and he ends up getting a whole lot more assists for, with those guys in the game. Um, just because he actually has guys to dump the ball off to down low. So Jokic is pretty much the only guy that I want to play. Detroit at Sacramento. 220 and a half total here. Kings, uh, five and a half point favorites. Uh, Detroit, second end of a back-to-back. So we'll be waiting on an injury report for them. Halliburton is out for the Kings. Um, I mean... Looking at Detroit here, like Grant's getting close to being back. Um, I don't think he'll be back for this game. Anything standing out to you here for the Pistons? Uh, I mean, second into back to back, but they're getting blown out by the Warriors right now. It doesn't look like anyone's going to end up coming back into the game. So all the important guys are probably going to be rested enough. It's a matchup versus Sacramento. I think there's a game where Cunningham goes off for a massive. Massive outing here. Um, 7,300. He only played 28 minutes last night. He's going to eat up all the usage. He's going to get all his peripheral stats because it's going to be a fast-paced, bad defensive game. He's the main guy I want to go with. But throwing in Sadiq Bay or Diallo or even Isaiah Stewart could end up having a field day going up against Sacramento here. Any one of these guys are pretty solid. If I'm ranking him, it's Cunningham, it's Diallo, it's Bay, and then it's probably Stewart, maybe Lyles after that. But – We'll see what happens with the injury report. The one guy I know I want to play now, if he ends up playing, is Cunningham. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really love anything on Detroit. And on the Sacramento side of things, um, I kind of like Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox with no Halliburton. Uh, what are your thoughts on the King? Yeah, right there with you. Without those guys in there, Buddy Hyde and Fox have both gotten a little bit of a usage increase. I know that King or Fox had a bad game. Last time going up against Houston, he only played 26 minutes. It was a little bit 
of a weird game. I don't know why they didn't give him more run, but Davion Mitchell was playing out of his mind from what I remember. They just kind of let him run the game. I think he's a little bit of an interesting play here. 28 minutes, the last one. We could see something similar in this spot here. Um, he was shooting without Halliburton. He was doing a lot of Halliburton's role. And this guy is actually pretty good. 4,700, a little bit of a sticker shock, but the minutes should end up being there. So Fox, Hyde, and Mitchell are the main three guys I want to go with. And if you really want, you give a shot on Harrison Barnes. He'll play minutes. This game stays close. And it's a pretty solid overall matchup going up against Detroit. Finish out the slate with the Pacers and the Lakers. 222 and a half total here. Lakers um, opened at three and a half. Their mo- most books have them at five already in this game. Um, on the Pacers side of things, Brogdon and Lamb are questionable. McConnell. Turner and Warren are out on the Lakers side. Mello is questionable. Davis and Dubai. None remain out. Uh, Pacers. This line's moving a lot. Is this like a potential no Brogdon game type of line movement? It could be. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, Brogdon hasn't played in almost a week now. I don't think he, he's been questionable like every single time. I don't think he ends up playing here. He came back from his injury, played one game, got injured during it, and then he's had trouble. They have no real reason to play him. They're kind of out of the playoff race. Um, they're probably going to be dealing someone during the trade deadline. It so. might be him. Huh? <laughs> it yeah. might be him. <laughs> yeah, it could be him. It could be Savonis. could be anyone. Um, so, yeah, like if Brogdon ends up missing, which I'm kind of expecting him to, Savonis, Levert, like – no Turner here. Sabonis so could end up getting some extra boards in this spot here. Could end up with a triple-double, to be honest, without Brogdon and Turner in there. So those would be the f- spend-ups. But realistically, you can go with Duarte. Like, he's pl- coming off a very good game. Shot lights out, but he's playing a lot of minutes without these guys in the game. I have to assume Brissett's probably going to play a few extra minutes. He's priced at 4,300. Hasn't performed great recently, but he has a, is a guy that in the past is done well in the starting lineup and done well with some extra minutes so he's a guy to look out for but if i'm ranking everyone it's probably lavert sabonis duarte Brissett, holiday um on lakers side i mean assuming lebron plays he is someone that i mean it seems like on a nightly basis recently he's been pretty consistent hitting 50 fantasy points but 11-3 Seems like a lot just to get 50 fantasy points on a slate like this. Westbrook, 9,300. Westbrook only has two games in the last 10 over 50 fantasy points. Um, I mean, anything here for the Lakers? Not really. LeBron, I mean, they've been starting Howard and Monk really has had his minutes kind of drop down to the mid-20s. So while he went on a tear more of a guy to get usage off the bench when LeBron's not in the game now than he was working with LeBron being dished out to the outside by LeBron and hitting a lot of threes. So he's not really a guy I want to go with Westbrook's all the way up to 9,300. There's almost no chance that he's the highest scoring guy in that price range on the slate, in my opinion, unless this game goes to overtime. So not really anything except for LeBron. And like, like you said, he's not really getting it. He's scoring I bet the over on his points pretty much every single night. I'm probably going to do it again tonight, but he's not really getting as many peripheral stats just because he doesn't really have a whole lot of guys to dish it out to. 
All right, morning grind game. We'll get out of here. We cruise through those games. Um, I mean, injury news and stuff going to change the slate by like three o'clock, but hopefully you got a nice little first look anyway. <laughs> uh, favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who's standing out to you here? I'm going with Herder. And people don't just listen to this for the information. They, they enjoy the entertainment. They enjoy our banter, Stevie. That's right. Um, I'm going to go Davion Mitchell for the Kings with no Halliburton at 4,700. I like it. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? I'm going to go Giannis. I, I mean, every, every bit of me wants to say Carl Anthony Towns because I'm still frustrated. Uh, but I'll go Westbrook. He really hasn't been having like big games here recently. So who's your favorite 6X play? I'm going with Garland. I think he puts up 60 here. I like it. Um, I think I'm going to I'm gonna go kind of high end here. And I, I'm going to go DeRozan. I, I think DeRozan has a big game here. Let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Uzma, I don't think many people are going to oh, yeah. play. I mean, it's a it, it's a thirteen game slate. Ownership's not going to be. Yeah, there's there's a few guys that aren't weird, and that's it. Um, I'm gonna go John Collins. Any bets standing out to you here night before? Let's see, Morris over eighteen and a half points. LeBron over thirty point five points in a decent spot going up against. Uh, Indy. Um, let's see. Anyone? Pirtle over 12 and a half points against that terrible uh, front court. Garland over eight and a half assists. I think it's still at. Let me double check here. Yeah, Garland over nine and a half assists. I still like that number. And then Ja Morant points is sitting at um, 26.5. That's too low. All right. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? And I need to get some sleep. <laughs> Me too, buddy. Me too. That's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday talking football and basketball. Graham will be back again tomorrow. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you again tomorrow. Hey, kids.